We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Nice jumper. Got it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep. Not the brightest of spirits. We are in, that's kind of a Yoda sentence, um, Eurostep, of course, is a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Blue, Blue Wire Podcast Network, brought to you by betonline.ag and Untuck It. Uh, you, can, you can tell I'm not having my best night. Rohan might not be either. The Milwaukee Bucks certainly weren't. Rohan, how's it going? You know what? I was in a good mood today, but... This game kind of this game kind of took it out of me. They managed to not only make it depressing of a loss, but they managed to rip your heart out at the same time. I like really twice. Mm-hmm. Twice the Bucks got within ten, and twice they let the Pacers go on a run, and then they end the game within ten. Although that was kind of a a fraudulent within ten. I mean, once the Pacers got their last ten point lead, I think it was pretty much over. But uh, yeah, a game that looks closer than it is. We're talking about a 118-111 loss to the Indiana Pacers, the Bucks' eighth loss of the season. We're upset at their eighth loss in 54 games, which tells you a lot about this team. Without Giannis, without uh, George Hill, which we're going to talk a little bit about George Hill and his extended absence. Without Kyle Korver, who took a DMP old, it seems like. Uh, did, did you see him at all on the bench? I didn't actually, but... Now that you mention it, I wasn't actively looking. I wasn't most of the time. I'm, I, I remember seeing George Hill, and I even commented. I was like, oh, George Hill is in the game, but did not see Kyle Culver. So I don't know if he's, like, carrying a boulder, like, through a river somewhere or what. If you haven't, if you don't know about that, Google Kyle Culver's off-season routines. Like, there's some crazy stories about stuff he does to still be in the NBA at his age. Wait, but no, anyway. I need to look this up later. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's super cool. But what was not cool was this game. 
Milwaukee falls into an immediate rut. I think at one point early they were down something like seven to twenty-two. They end the first quarter down a somewhat reasonable fourteen. Yeah, twenty to fourteen. Not great, but somewhat reasonable. And then they lose the second quarter by a lot, and they're down forty-five to sixty-eight at halftime, which is bad. And then the Bucks go on a run. They they win the third quarter, twenty-six to fourteen. What were they down eleven going into the fourth quarter? Mm-hmm. Really seemed like this could be a game that Milwaukee somehow pulls out against all odds. And the Bucks in the fourth quarter with a lineup that was really weird and and. I can't remember the exact five-man groups, but Sterling Brown was a key contributor. Like, I feel like I blacked out, and this was like some sort of a fever dream. Like, this doesn't even seem possible. But bring it to within four, and Eric Bledsoe kind of comes in and uh, does some bad Eric Bledsoe stuff, and, and they, the Bucks would not get back to within four in the loss. I mean, you, what, what, what is your initial takeaway from this, Rohan? What jumps out at you first as, as something that – I mean, we probably don't want to take anything really away from this, minus a couple positives, but what what are you coming away with? I said come away a lot in a row. I'm <laughs> off, too. Everyone's off tonight associated with the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, when I first started watching the game and, you know, they got down big early, I kind of just mentally threw this game away already because I was just like, okay, well, they've got no Giannis for the second game in a row, and they are right about to hit the all-star break. So it's just one of those things where it's like the one, two, three Cancun sort of yeah. uh, huddle. Um, so I just immediately disregarded this game because at the beginning, Chris wasn't really feeling it. And if Chris isn't feeling it and you're without Giannis, you don't really have a chance if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. So I kind of didn't think too much of it. But then the game started to kind of get back into it for the Bucks, And that's when I started to like, okay, maybe this is happening. And that coincided with Chris Middleton getting um, hot from the field. And like you said, uh, Sterling Brown coming in and somehow being like the spark off the bench. Because it's like in these games where you're missing Giannis, you need someone else to step up. Usually it's, I mean, almost it has to be Chris Middleton um, all the time, but it's just like another like random person who you wouldn't expect to have a big, big game. Sometimes you get Pat Connaughton. Sometimes you get George Hill. Sometimes you get Kyle Korver catching fire for a little bit. But for this game, it was Sterling Brown, which is really interesting to me because the last couple of games he's been starting to get more playing time. And he's just been terrible. Like, he's just been <laughs> awful. But somehow, some way, they actually, like, he actually made it work tonight. And it was almost reminiscent of that um, game late last season against the Atlanta Hawks, where Sterling Brown was, like, the go to guy. And then uh, they still lose to a Trey Young buzzer beater. Like, it's not really a game where you would expect Sterling Brown to take over, but he does. It's these weird matchups. Like, Indiana has always been a weird matchup for Milwaukee for some reason. They're just a weird team. I don't, when I think about the Indiana Pacers, I don't know what to think. Like, you don't really, like, I personally don't really know what they're trying to do, but they do it well sometimes if that makes any sense <laughs> it makes like, some sense no, go ahead. but yeah it's just like indiana has just been a weird matchup for the bucks recently and sterling brown somehow ended up being a key contributor and this is a game before the all-star break it was just weird let me say let, to sum up this entire little thing it was it was weird 
It was very weird. And this was, to be clear, this was a must-win game for the Pacers, who had lost six in a row coming into this. Some of them in dramatic late game, like we really blew it, uh, complete buffoonery fashion. So there was a lot more urgency. And you could see right away the Bucks came out absolutely flat and the Pacers came out super hot. And if that game, you know, if those teams come out on a similar energy level and the Pacers don't get that huge lead early, I mean, this is probably a, a not easy, but it's a good shot at being a Bucks win. But the Pacers had all the energy early. Um, one of the weirdest things about this game and about, I mean, this is almost unique in, in Bucks losses. And I think they're all on the road when this happens. The Pacers were only 9 for 27 from three-point range, 33%. The Bucks attempted more, made more, and shot a better percentage from three than Indiana and still lost. I think... The only other games where that's true this year were at Utah and at San Antonio. So the Bucks have yet to to lose at home without giving up a crazy shooting performance. And that's the thing about these Pacers and why I thought, even without Giannis, the Bucks would, would make easy work of them. They do almost all of their scoring within the arc. And they don't usually get to the foul line a lot. They did in this game. Some so-so refereeing, I would say, at times. But certainly not going to blame the loss on that. The Bucks just did not play well enough. They didn't execute. They weren't focused. They went into hero junk ball a lot. A, a question for you offhand, without looking. I don't know if you're looking right now. Do you know who led the Bucks in scoring in this game? Uh Oh, I don't know. I'm not looking at it offhand. The answer surprised me. It's got to be... Is it Middleton? No, it's Dante DiVincenzo. Wait, no. Okay, wait. I Dante was 8 for 14 wow. from the field, made three of his seven threes, and scored a game-high 19 points, which is higher than anyone on the Pacers except for TJ Warren, who played the game of his fucking life. I swore on the Eurostep. First time in a while, but TJ Warren in 39 minutes... 16 for 19 from the field. Just one for two from three-point range. Just two for two from the free-throw line. This guy scored five total points, not on two-point shots. And he made thir- he scored 35 points on 19 shot attempts. Just a ridiculous game. It's, just, Four it's steals. one of those games where you just have to tip your cap and say, yeah. you know what? You, you there's there's nothing you can do about that. No, there's just, really not. Yeah. Especially like he's the kind of player who scores in the ranges that the Bucks typically don't mind giving up shots. And of course, you mind when a guy is gonna make fifteen for seventeen from from two point range, which is just crazy. There like, was that's a not... possession. I think it was in the fourth quarter where he kind of stopped near the free throw line, like he was about to pull up for a like a mid range two but then contorted his body into a floater. Oh, yeah. And now I was just like, that was that's brutal. just a, that was a brutal make. That's just a perfect encapsulation of what this game is. Like, and TJ I, Warren's just like, you know what? My better shot is a floater over Brooke Lopez, even though I have a wide open shot right now. I'm just going to take this, and he made it. It was like <laughs> nobody else on the Pacers really killed the Bucks. Malcolm Brogdon has a good game. 17 points, 13 assists, uh, one for five from three. Like, good game, made some good shots, but he wasn't, he didn't, like, brutalize Milwaukee. Nobody on the Pacers really did. I mean, Jeremy Lamb scores 13. Victor Oladipo, in probably his best game this year since coming back from the injury, scores 13. Sabonis starts off hot, has 15 total points, but gets into some foul trouble and just was actually only four for 15 from the field. So, kind of flummoxed. Three points down in the low. second half for Sabonis. Yeah. Yeah, so the Bucks kind of figure out Sabonis, but just no answer for TJ Warren. And honestly, it's kind of hard to have an answer for a guy like that, especially without Giannis in the lineup. I mean, there's only so much you can do if a guy is just going to pull up and make almost literally 
every single two-point shot. Like you said, sometimes you just need to tip your cap and say, nice game. You will literally never go 16 for 19 against us again. Congrats on the win. You guys earned it. We just snapped the losing streak on the way into All-Star. But uh, certainly I think there, there are some things the Bucks could have fixed up to maybe win this game anyway. But, I mean, if TJ Warren's going to shoot whatever percentage that is, he's just going to shoot whatever percentage that is, and there's not all that much you can do. I think TJ Warren just got a target on his back for the next time the Bucks play the Pacers. <laughs> just for, have. like, Giannis. He might, yeah, Giannis get some revenge. Um, oh, we haven't, I don't, we haven't talked about this yet. I think the news broke after the Monday pod, but is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so congratulations to the to the Adetokounmpo family. Giannis now has a son. Liam Charles Adetokounmpo was born on on Monday, right? Sure. Yeah. No, I think I think so. Yeah. Yes. It came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the game was that night. I remember the yes, last box yes, game was yes, that yes. night. Yeah, we've had some scheduling mishaps recently, but I'm pretty sure I've got that one right. Yeah, but no, congratulations to the um, the family. Hope mom and uh, child are doing well. It seems like Giannis is in good spirits. Yeah, well, maybe not right now, but that probably had more to do with this game than Did anything you see he else. Was tweeting, he was just retweeting stuff during the game. I didn't see he was. I saw. Uh, uh, Cam Reynolds was tweeting, was um, enjoying his uh, his guy Sterling Brown's performance. Bleach report, like just like you know stuff about his brothers, you know the casual yeah, Giannis retweets. But he was, he did that during the third quarter. Like I have tweet notifications on for Giannis. Smart. Mm-hmm. And so I got those. No- I was just like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> like the Bucks are just getting beaten, so Giannis just goes on Twitter. I don't know. I just thought that was amusing. That is, yeah, he just had nothing better to tweet about. Nothing good to tweet about in this Bucks game. Um, well, let's talk about some more of the Bucks players now. I feel like we've done a good amount of Pacers and everything. I think the one we have to get to, of course, is we haven't really talked about this much either. I mean, we covered it quite, we, we talked about it on the pod, but Marvin Williams, debut game. Yes. Uh, and honestly, uh, I'll let you go first in depth on this, but looked a lot better both physically and, and how he played and how his numbers looked than I expected. Like, I I did not expect myself to think Marvin Williams was as good as he looked out there. Yeah, he was uh, way, like, bought out and then reportedly signed with the Bucks on Sunday, if I'm correct. Right? Yeah, he was at the game on Monday, and I believe he was eligible to, yes, he to was play, active. but they held him out. They just yeah. didn't want him to play. But I was, like you were saying, I was just impressed. He got 19 and a half minutes tonight, and um, he just he looked like he was fitting into the system already, which is wild, considering he just played for, I don't even know who the coach is, uh, James Borrego's offense. Yeah, yeah, I forgot uh, about I him. almost said Steve Clifford. Uh, <laughs> James he went Borrego's. to Orlando, and they just do the exact same stuff they do with the Hornets Honestly, now. It's wild. Honestly, this is a little bit of an aside, but sometimes I get the Hornets and the Magic confused. They are the same franchise. I'm, I'm highly convinced. Yes. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> they just have alternate jersey nights. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he just looked strangely comfortable. In his first couple minutes, I was strictly watching uh, him to see what would like what he would do when he was on the floor, and he seemed like he was sort of like, okay, I'm guess I'm just gonna stand here right now and be available for open, like you know, as an open shooter. But then as the game sort of went on and he got into a flow, he started setting screens, he started going for classic Urson tapbacks, tippins. <laughs> And I don't know. He just seemed to flow. He went three for four tonight, uh, one of two from three, you know, ending up with nine points. He was the best plus minus on the team somehow. Plus 20 points in 20 minutes. <laughs> Which, uh, again, we will say that does not mean everything. But I think it means everything in this case. Sure. Yep. I'm all in on it. 
all in on Marvin Williams. Uh, but yeah, I think he's a he's a very good signing. As we've uh, as we mentioned on the Monday pod, it's sad to see Dragon Bender go, mm-hmm. uh, but I think Marvin Williams can actually be a capable contributor. And like like I said on the Monday pod, it just it gives you another option. You know, like if let's say Pat isn't having the best night, let's say Ursan is struggling a lot, let's say like no one off the bench is getting like their shots to go in. You just you have another option, like someone else who can get hot. I actually I thought it, I like even like fitting into the offense. I think he did fine. Um, his athleticism is a lot better than I expected. I think the way at least I perceived Marvin Williams generally, and I, I can't sit here and say I watched a lot of Hornets basketball in the last couple of years, thankfully, but I, I didn't think he was quite so spry, and maybe he was. You know, not, not maybe not going 100 percent on his Hornets teams. I think I think he probably was though. I mean, everything you hear about him, he's like the greatest teammate. But he looked like quick out there. Maybe it's just because I'm so used to seeing Ersan at the four when Giannis isn't at the four. But like, I was very impressed with how well he moved. There were a couple times where for a second, and they were both wearing bright blue shoes. I would kind of confuse him with Sterling Brown for a quick second, like just Ooh. running down court. I was just kind of like, "Oh, is that? Ooh, I like that's that. a that's a tall Sterling." And I was like, "Oh, that's Marvin Williams." Oh my god! So very impressed with his uh, his speed and uh, his athleticism, his hustle. He hit the deck for a loose ball while the Bucks were down twenty two yeah, points in the first some, half. Somehow, like I Milwaukee, like they've convinced like all their old guys to like think they're young again. Yeah. You see, like Kyle Korver jumping into the cameras to like get yeah balls and it's just like you're 37 years old like what are you doing this is the regular season but no somehow they've convinced them and i think we've mentioned this before but it's like buck's training program obviously they haven't gotten to marvin williams yet but you know it's just like this team sort of gets you to buy in and you just have like a proven leader like marvin williams just diving out on the floor for loose balls in a game against the pacers right before the all-star break yeah, it's it was awesome to see. I think he's going to be as good of a fit, maybe even better than we expected. Um, I think some interesting things to take away about the rotation. Marvin Williams played more minutes than all but six bucks. Played more than Ersan. He played more than Wes Matthews. He played nearly as much as Sterling Brown, who usually doesn't play at all, but kind of a weird game. But the key one, of course, is the fact that he played more minutes than Ersan Eliasova. Ersan shoots 10 times. Marv shoots four times. They make the same number of buckets. Ersan three for 10. Marvin Williams three for four. So not a good Ersan game. He does end up with 12 points, uh, but again, 10 shot attempts. He's a plus five. He played a lot with Chris Middleton and, really and Marv dis- Williams. I'm sorry. Ursan, yeah. we need, Ursan was terrible. Ursan was awful. First half, Ursan was like one of his worst first halves. And then second half, Ursan had some moments, but still not a, he not had a like good performance. three good plays. Yeah. No, I, I honestly have no idea how he got 12 terrible. points. Well, like when I saw 12 points, I almost didn't. I thought there was an error in the stat sheet. Yeah. No, he he got six points off that you know and one mid ranger. He had like some th- like with that one corner three late, but yeah, it was just it was objectively terrible. You're six ten, and you are getting a wide open layup attempt, and somehow it gets blocked. That was awful. That like, was such a momentum what killer. Are you doing oh my god i'm so glad marvin williams is on this team like okay it's not fair to me to necessarily criticize ursan specifically for this game because not no one had a great game for the bucks 
So it's just, it's hard to just pick on Ursan, who's had like an otherwise solid season. Am I wrong in saying that? Although until lately he's been... Uh, he's been bad. He's been bad lately. Yeah, it was pretty solid early. And then like the early honest fill-in games were just tremendous. But lately it is it has not been very good. No, it is not. But and again, this is another reason why the Marvin Williams signing is so important. Because it just, it gives you another option. Because at this point you're not getting DJ any minutes at all. Um, no, yeah, it's, that's... Uh, like it's, it just it's, seems it's, not it's, possible. It's a at lost this point. cause at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're not getting in in this game, I don't know where you are. He looked at one point. I just saw him stand like sitting down on the sideline. It just uh, obviously I can't read his mind, uh, <laughs> but I feel like he's got to think like, man, what do I have to do to get into this game? Because <laughs> he just looks like he's sitting there all sad, and I kind of felt bad for him because <laughs> you know we all like Bucks Twitter. We love DJ. We love to root for DJ. But no, at this point, you're not. You can't say that DJ is the backup to Urson, because no. the backup to Urson before this Marvin Williams signing was no one. Yeah, but honestly, it was just now, like now when Urson plays terrible, Bud has another option to go to. Yeah, I think there's two more people I want to talk about with regards to, I guess, blame. But first, I want to get to. Our betonline.ag Eurostep listener take of the week. Uh, you'll recall, I'm sure, from recent episodes, general knowledge. This is this is very. If you're in the know, you know this already. But betonline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. You can use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus. And what we're doing this week. After the unfortunate scheduling disaster, me being able to unread, being unable to read a calendar event both that took us, place both last us. week. Both of us. Thank you, Rohan. I appreciate the cover. We are going to, this week, go instead with the Eurostep listener take of the week. And since Rohan and I are selfless, we both decided to pick one listener take. We got these in the Eurogroup Discord channel. If you're somehow unaware, we have a basically like a little group chat with a couple channels where all you have to do to get in is be a Bucks fan or a Bucks enthusiast at the very least and tweet at myself or at Rohan a screenshot of you listening to the Eurostep. We will get you in there or you can email that to tywindishnba at gmail.com. But here are our listener takes. We're going to quickly break down this week. I'll start with my favorite one. This is from Cowboy of Space. Shout out, Cowboy. Sterling Brown should get Pat's minutes. How do we feel about this, Rohan? <laughs> it's it's been one game. Like neither of them are really winning me over. But I yeah. think it's sort of like who has the hot hand at the time. Yeah, I think that's well. I, I, that's I feel like that's how I was last year. It seems like this year Pat's been a little more entrenched. So I think I'm certainly open to giving Sterling some more opportunities. This being his best game of the year by far, there was still some kind of, I don't want to say classic Sterling miscues, but some miscues that are reminiscent of the bad Sterling games, like some shots he just had no business taking, some bad drives, etc. You can still tell he tries to do a little much sometimes. I guess the hope is you'd see that less if he had more steady minutes, but... I'm not. I don't. I don't think I'd switch them one for one yet. But it's certainly true that Pat has just had a lot of rough stuff happen recently. I mean, the dunk contest hopefully will be fun. Um, but his play of late has not not impressed me. The defensive awareness that I hoped was going to be there early in the year, not so much. A whole lot of jumping at nothing still. A whole lot of overhelping. So 
yeah, I'm open to trying it a little bit. I don't know if I would solidly say for sure let's go in and do that, but I'm open to the idea. Uh, Rohan, what's your uh, what's your favorite listener take uh, of the this week? This one comes from At Lowland, and he they said that the Gnosis is better than Urson. That is scorching. Okay, so here's my thing. This was not the greatest uh, game, as we've talked about, for Urson Ilyasova. Uh, while I'm not ready to say that the Gnosis is better, well, in this game, he probably was better because he wasn't actively a negative. Um, <laughs> he didn't play at all. <laughs> yes. But I didn't see one. Like, I think it was you who tweeted this, that they should let the Gnosis play. It was me. It yeah, was it you? was me. Okay. Start him at center for the second half. Just yes. go for it. Because it's like he just injects so much energy into the game. Whenever he gets in, he doesn't. He provides energy when he's on the bench. He's just constantly trying to get people fired up. When he's in the game, it's just on another level. And you know what? He may not be the best player, but you can guarantee that you are going to get a fantastic effort out of him and that's something that was probably needed in this game against the Pacers early because like we started off the show talking about the Bucks just came out flat and the Pacers yeah. were going at it and it's like you could use someone like the Gnosis in that situation so while I'm not necessarily sure that the Gnosis is better than Urson I would say that the Gnosis would have had a better impact in this Pacers game than Urson if he played <laughs> the Bucks kind of went on a comeback anyway in the third quarter. Um, I'm just not, I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. I can't even. I can't even. Uh, I like Tenasis a lot. Uh, I think he can do a lot of good NBA stuff. Uh, sort of bits and pieces of good NBA stuff. Um, I'm a fan of his. You know, I like watching him with the herd, but. Bad Ursan aside, Ursan is still like a pretty solid backup. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there at this point. But I, I appreciate the the temerity of the take for sure. Um, <laughs> oh man, that is uh, that's not a bad take though. That's not a bad take. It's a take. It's hot, but yes. it's not bad. <laughs> you know what is bad, Rohan? Is, is an it? untucked button down. That's what's bad. You 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 know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, I definitely know what you're talking about. They're terrible. Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, aka about the amount of lineups Bud uses in a single NBA game, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. They fit my frame just fine. These shirts are great. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. I don't know what outerwear is, but I'm sure it's good. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And Untuck It's website is so easy to use. They have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. No word if they have any scarves at Untuck It, but that would be a that'd be a hot item this week as well. Yeah, it really would. And also, just for reference, uh, outerwear is like jackets and coats. Oh, Rohan fashionista out here. Yeah, I try. <laughs> I like scarves. <laughs> I do art. I don't do fashion. I do art. Uh, I wish the Raptors weren't so fun. Uh, yeah, oh, uh, I, I teased before the break. 
two other people that I feel like did not have did not have great nights. Some blame could certainly go to. Do you want to try and guess who I'm thinking of? Um, Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah. Bled, awful game. Awful, awful, awful Bledsoe game. And Even. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Robin Lopez? No, no. I said players on purpose. I thought it was a bad blood game. Oh, okay. Did not think this was a good game from Coach Mike Budenholzer. Um, I, I admire that he tried a lot. Like, he, he plays Chris 34 minutes, I think, without mm-hmm. looking right now, yep. which is a, a fairly a lot for Chris. And I think the, the white flag was waved at a somewhat appropriate time. The Bucks made it interesting, and Chris actually popped back in. But, um, like, no reason to take out Sterling Brown in the fourth quarter when he was running hot. Like, I think he was the catalyst of, like, three or four really good plays in a row. And, I mean, I'm sure he could have stayed in there. I don't think he would have been overtired. He hasn't been playing a lot at all recently. He hadn't played a lot consecutive minutes at that point. But he gets pulled out for a lineup, and then Bledsoe comes back in. And it's kind of synergistic of them to kind of blow it together. So, like, we can two birds, one stone this whole thing. But And then Bled comes in and just absolutely – coughs it up a take i wanted to get to that i certain was my second favorite take probably of the week that we collected was from snell season in the discord also on twitter shout out snell season who said i love blood so and will always defend him but that awful three-point shot while we were down six killed all the momentum and it certainly did i think blood also missed a layup when they were down four and it just got worse and worse and worse from there i don't know what are are your thoughts on those two I, i would say I think Bledsoe was worse, but Bud taking out Sterling at that moment, just especially shorthanded, just let Sterling play. Just let yeah, Sterling run, that's... play the hot hand, and, and let it. Let's see what let's see what he can do. Give yeah. him a shot. No, I definitely agree with that. Like I was flabbergasted that he took out Sterling Brown at that juncture because it was just like, he, like you said, he was just the catalyst of a lot of good plays. He was um, good runs, and but no. The, the main culprit was Eric Bledsoe, which is, okay, let me say this in fairness. We haven't had to talk about this, really, that much this season. Thankfully. Yeah. You're right. We've been really spoiled by really good Eric Bledsoe for most of the season. So, you He's know been what? on a hot run. Yeah. You know what? I'll take a game here and there, but in that game, which is the one we're talking about right now, um, it, was, it wasn't great. That was a great tie. Uh, Minus 24 and 27 minutes. 0 for 3 from three-point range, which doesn't seem all that bad. But the three threes he took and missed, and I think all three of them, maybe just two, but it for sure at least two of them, were just momentum-killing, bad-look misses. Like, he felt like he had to make a play, and that was what he went to because Indiana did a pretty good job of stopping his drives most of the time. Bledsoe ends up with five turnovers and is four from 11 from the field. So four for eight from two-point range. Does make all seven of his free throws. One of the few silver linings outside of Marv and Sterling Brown in a good Dante game. Bucks shoot 24 for 25 from the free throw line. 96%. Good performance. But Bledsoe just was not getting most of his layups to fall. Made a couple nice ones to help out a couple a couple points, but... Was not getting those to fall, taking and missing bad threes, more turnovers than assists, worst plus minus on the team. It was the worst Bledsoe game probably of the season, especially considering the Bucks really did need him tonight. I mean, that's when Giannis is out, it was him and it was Chris who was stepping up. And Chris, by all means, did not play great. 17 points on 17 shots, really quiet first half, pulls it together a little bit late, ends up plus one. Certainly not a great game from him. I thought he was fine to bad for his usual 
his usual game bad compared to his his usual game this year. Twenty but point games is over. It is. It is over in in glum fashion. But I think well, plus minus doesn't always for sure tell the exact tale. Bled's minus twenty four felt pretty pretty precise tonight. No, it was it was he was on target. Like those, what was it? He just he tried to do like what a step back three over Brogdon when they cut it to six. I think. Yeah, it's yeah, just that like, was the. Like, what are you doing? Because not he, your shot. Like, usually, let Chris shoot that exact he shot. If anything, does that shot when the Bucks are like about to like just blow the game open where they're like up like 10 11 and then it's like they do that and then it's like okay now it's now it's over um but he he doesn't really do that when they're on the comeback which to be fair this team does not really know what they're doing in that situation because they haven't really had to stage like major comebacks this season they were what down 25 at one point in the yeah they were down 25 in the first half brought it to within four Oh, that's good. That, that hurts. That does. That's why I opened the pod by saying like they managed to like take a depressing loss and break your heart, uh, because they just they almost pulled it out. Like it's depressing to be down big, but it's like at some point you accept it. But then they bring it back and then they just blow it again. But yeah, back to Bledsoe. Just like in that situation, you can't be taking that shot, especially when you know that you haven't like really been doing that consistently and especially in this game where you're not doing a like he freaking like elbowed demontis Sabonis in the face yeah. in the first quarter and got a flagrant like what is ha- okay to be honest i'm not sure if that was worthy of a flagrant it just looked like his normal motion but at the end of the day you still did it and you still got the technical foul or the flagrant foul sorry and he's just yeah, th- killing momentum, just picking up fouls at the worst times. It was just this was this was a classic blood bad Bledsoe game. Yeah, it was. You could, I mean, he like it's true that he needed to step up and be good, but you could almost see like and usually the he things does. he was. He usually he does, but I think he was certainly just gripping it a little bit too hard. And I, I know I've seen the complaint levied that Middleton at all didn't play enough in this game. I sort of see it. At the, on the other hand, you know, as as deep as we're going on this, and as di- disappointing as it was, and I think the heartbreak makes it even worse than just a standard blowout. Although I do think it's good, the Bucks don't really get blown out and actually lose by a ton of points. Like even their even the Bucks getting blown out means they lose by like eleven, which is kind of crazy in itself. I mean, I'm going to look right now, but I feel like they haven't get, gotten absolutely shellacked and, and had it they really. Got, they got beat by twenty, but. Spurs, if I remember. Well, the Spurs game that just felt awful. That yep. was the that was the biggest one, huh? I yeah. think, if I'm remembering correctly, I can look it up. Let's see. Yeah, they lost by 22 to the Spurs. Ah, okay. That was the worst one. Go me. So the 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 Nuggets game that sucked. They lost by 12. That was that's pretty pretty high. The Heat game by five in OT. The Sixers game by 12. The Mavs game by four. The Celtics game by 11. And the Jazz game by three. So you look at the losses, a lot of them come down to a possession or two. Uh, this one felt like it did, even though the final score actually won't. Well, I guess seven is kind of two possession. Not well, really. It did but, come down to a possession or two yeah, at I that mean, time. At, when, at four. At yeah. four, it was like close. Could have gone either way. But but yeah, it was just, it. even though it was like a bad loss, like it's not like 
a normal team's bad loss, but we can't really frame this team as a normal team. Like this is this is the game right before their All Star break, sorry, and this is their eighth loss. Yeah, like they're going and... to the All Star break with single digit losses. <laughs> That's an, almost clinching a playoff spot. I think they're almost so I know, at I, fifty wins. Tied. I know technically they haven't clinched a playoff spot yet because of the way clinched. they absolutely clinched. There's no way. There's no way a forty-six win team is missing the playoffs. Think about it like that. There is absolutely no chance that the eighth seed in the East will have forty-six or forty-seven or more wins. It's impossible. It's not literally impossible because they haven't actually clinched yet. I don't think, but. It's basically impossible. Like, there's, I think maybe if you looked at all the head-to-head games that would have to happen, it is. But like, <laughs> the the eighth seed in the East is going to be like a thirty-nine win team or something. Like, it's going to be bad. So it, you know, they haven't literally, but the Bucks have essentially clinched a playoff spot by the All Star break. I mean, forty-six wins is getting you in the playoffs. I think in either conference this year, but absolutely in the East. So. You know, definitely a terrible win. Definitely stinks to go into the break like this. But I think at the end of the day, what I'm going to do is just go. Marv looked great. Bledsoe had his bad game. We'll, we'll monitor that going forward like we would have anyway. Oh, well. It's a good Sterling game, too. So you know yeah, take, positive, take some take, positive, positive developments. And it's just like, you know what? And it's fine. Like, Giannis yeah. is going to be back. Like, yeah. congratulations to him, again, for being a father. He's going to yeah. be back. And this team's going to just be normal again, and they're going to be well-rested. So it's yeah. fine. And we're going to yeah, see them do fun things at the All-Star, um, during All-Star weekend, so it's fine. It's I good. kind of feel bad for uh, a lot of Bucks Twitter's old friends on the Pistons who are up next. The Bucks usually don't take kindly to losing games. So oh, my, my prediction that was way too early still stands for 31, I think. I think I had like 25. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, I, I believe in it. I believe in yours more than mine at this point. Uh, there's one other guy who didn't play. We talked about Giannis and, and his celebratory uh, moment a little bit, but I know you wanted to talk a, at least a little bit about uh, another buck we haven't seen actually in quite a while now, George Hill. Yeah, what is this, nine straight game, I want to say? I will look while you talk, yeah, but it but has it's certainly just, been a few it's games. It's been a while since we've seen George Hill, and I think it's being classified as left hamstring injury, strain. Something like that. But it's... Mm, I'm not really concerned about it because one thing that we've talked about earlier this season is just, like, how you can't expect George Hill to play at this level all season. And he's just been incredible. But I think this is almost, like, built-in rest. Like, obviously, I'm sure he has an injury, and I'm sure it's hampering him. That's why he's not playing. Otherwise, I'm sure he would be playing. But it's all it's it's built-in break for a guy that's getting up there in age he's I think 33 or 34 if i'm or 35 he's 33 33 okay uh but he's getting up there you want to preserve him for the playoffs because that's when you're really going to need it like sure he's a leading candidate or one of the top candidates for six man of the year and maybe this injury took him out of consideration sure fine but at the end of the day, this team has its goals set on winning a title and just performing in the playoffs. So this is when you really need it. While they have missed, like, can you imagine if George Hill played in this game? They would have They would have won. The Bucks would have won if George Hill was playing. Like, I'm yeah. sure about that. 
But yeah, I am too. But it's just it it is what it is. They've been winning with. A, did you find out how many games it is? This is the seventh game in a row. It just feels like longer because we miss him so much. Yeah, seventh game in a row that he's missed, and I think this is what the second loss in that stretch. Yeah, the they the first game he missed was the Denver loss, mm. which makes sense. I think this is a team that's sort of dependent on him, and they've shown it. Like they've gone like five and two in this stretch. Which is no like not normal for this team, uh, but yeah, George Hill seems to be a very important part, and I hope he gets back soon. I think Matt Velasquez tweeted out before the game that Bud expects him to be back after the All Star break, even though that hasn't really been made official by like any team personnel. Um, Which makes sense. I mean, it's it, it's a lot of time between then and now to to like you don't want to rule him for sure in just in case, but that is. Uh, that, that would be good. I, I'm actually looking for that tweet now. I didn't see it earlier, but I, I hope so. I think certainly, I think it, <laughs> he might be one of the most missed guys possible um, just for the role he plays on the bench and, and his shooting stroke. I mean, the Bucks were like pretty much coasted without, earlier in the year, one of Giannis, Chris, or, or Bledsoe. Uh, this is <laughs> like their they, first loss that, like, without Giannis. Like, they were yeah, five they and now five and one. Yep. But, yeah. Yeah. This game was frustrating. It's yeah, it's a it's a weird way to end and before they go on break. But I'm sure this will just light a fire for them going coming back instead of you know being all lax about it. You know, coming back from the All Star break, I feel like this team is just going to go out and try and get it, especially with George Hill coming back. Probably, I think. Yeah, but yeah. So the the quote from I just found the tweet. So Bud says he hasn't gotten. This is from Matt Velasquez. Uh, Bud says he hasn't gotten confirmation from the medical folks, but his hope and general expectation is George Hill's strained left hamstring will be ready to return to action coming out of the All-Star break. So certainly no need to rush him back. Uh, it's just one game. Bucks still have a 2-1 season lead over the Pacers, so they could clinch that. I don't think that one's going to really end up mattering much for Milwaukee, but they could still clinch that uh, series win later in the, in the in the year. I forget when they play next, but um, yeah. Bummer game, for sure. Uh, nobody got hurt. Hopefully, George Hill comes back healthy. Uh, Giannis will come back, ready to go. And What's special uh, dad powers? Special dad powers. He already said he hopes he can shoot like FVV after this. We'll see. Uh, maybe save it for the playoffs, Giannis. But either way, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know how much else I have I really want to talk about right now, Rohan. Do you have anything else? Uh, do we want to do a little preview for All-Star Weekend? Mm, I don't think the skills challenge goes great for Chris. Okay. I don't think the dunk contest goes great for Pat. Well, to be, he did tease that Christian Yelich is going to be a part of it. That should be cool. That should be cool. My uh, my pessimistic Brewers take is at least get some usage out of Yelly before the uh, Brewers offer him like a hundred million over ten years or whatever, and he. He uh, goes somewhere else in free agency. I'm really down on the Brewers right now. I don't think people want my Brewers takes. I'm really disappointed in the Brewers at the moment. So, it's okay. But that'll be cool. I yeah. like Yelich. I think that'll be that'll uh, be. I've deep. seen ideas floated around that he wants like uh, maybe get Yelich, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Giannis so he can like bring out all the states MVPs oh. and sort okay, of like, that dunk be, that over would be all super of them. Cool. Like that would that be, would be super cool. Like he hasn't said anything about Aaron Rodgers, but if you're getting Yelich involved and like Giannis is going to be there anyway, so it's like. Might as well get Aaron <laughs> Rodgers to get, like, all three MVPs of Wisconsin. 
What if Yelich hits a basketball with a baseball bat and Pat dunks it? Oh, that would be cool. Basketball come to life. That would be fun. Okay, that that would be pretty cool. Maybe Pat does have a chance. But Derrick Jones Jr. is a wild dunker. And Aaron Gordon obviously is as well. It's going to be a good contest. It's going to be tough for Pat. Hopefully he can at least beat Dwight Howard. But uh, Dwight's definitely coming last. I don't see how he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, he won like 12 years ago or whatever. I, you just answered. Experience. You just, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Tw- Trust 12 me, I know. years ago. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Um, yeah, that might be fun. And you know, who knows what Chris and the Skills Challenge. I, I don't even know if I can talk myself in that. Well, he is, he is a good excited. passer. Yeah, that's like one-eighth I can of the already, Skills I Challenge. I already know that it's just going to come down to him hitting a three, and he's just going to like miss it until the guy comes back and beats him. Like in a comeback? Oh, I don't. I, I see. I think it's gonna be a tortoise and the hare situation. Oh, you I think, think Chris he's gonna is gonna get. Yeah, I think Chris is gonna get through the thing slower than than the other guys. Like I don't think he's like has the tightest handle in the world, but I think he's just gonna absolutely pull up and be like the silky jumper and just nail nail like a deep three to win it. That, that's my. If Chris wins, that's that's the playbook. I think. Mm, okay, and I think uh, what's what else is there? Uh, oh, the All Star game. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that should be yeah. fun. Giannis and Chris again? Yes. We'll get some, uh, maybe some fun moments there. Um, I think Team Giannis is going to lose again. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the most likely actually, scenario. That's no, for with sure. The new format, they might win like the first quarter or something. Well, you just you have to win the fourth. It's, well, yeah, no, I'm saying time. I'm now. saying for yeah. like charity purposes. Oh yeah, well, whatever. I mean, I mean, I care about charity, but <laughs> the same amount gets donated to charities total either way. I don't. It's so like the the way they're doing it is so dumb. Like they made it sound more like whoever they just wins great each at quarter. It. Yeah, whoever wins each quarter gets like an amount from the charity, 000. but they made it sound like the scores get erased, and they really don't. I, I, I don't know. Whatever. Should be fun. It should be fun stuff. I don't. I don't ever like really get into All Star. I think it's cool. I, think it's I don't. Fun. I don't obsess over it. I think it. you can. Uh, you can make some fun moments out of it. Like last year, you get like what the Steph Giannis uh, bounce yeah. pass alley oop. Um, yeah. The year which turned that, into a, get... which turned sour when it turned into recruiting. But mm-hmm. uh, did anything happen two years ago? Because I know Giannis's first year, he dunked on Curry on the putback. Yeah, that was when Steph hit the deck. That was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think there were any... I can't remember two years ago for some reason. Like, I was trying to think about this before the pod. And I've just Wasn't compl- that Steph hitting the deck? Wasn't that two years ago? I thought that was, was that all last first year. Because this is oh, his fourth time. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. You might be right. Or Yeah, I could be wrong. But, yeah, it's... Giannis, Giannis does lead all NBA players ever in uh, per-game average scoring at the All-Star game. Is that true? Yeah, I think he's like 28.5. Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I think that's true. I'm almost positive that's true. Uh, but, yeah, I think Team Giannis, uh, it, it's just going to be the story of Giannis's career as long as they keep this captain format because he's just going to keep on being terrible at being an all-star draft GM. Uh, Drafts with his heart, Rohan. Yeah, well, it's, it's adorable, but it's terrible. Um, <laughs> but it's just going to be the story as long as they keep this format he's going to it's going to be him and lebron his captains for as long as lebron's here and um like lebron's going to have the better team giannis is going to be the best player on his team and like score the most points and then he's going to lose and not win mvp and then i'm just going to get upset about it and come on the eurostep and talk about it like this, <laughs> I can tell. this is just going to be the continuous cycle and we get to continue that next time we talk uh do there you have anything else you wanted to talk about today i am i am all done somehow we got 45 minutes out of this we always do yes (laughs) but 
I guess that's it from Ty and I today on this episode of the Eurostep. Uh, we've incorporated a new uh, thing for our Discord. Uh, so if you want to get in on that Discord, uh, just like Ty said earlier, tweet me or Ty a picture of you listening to the podcast. We'll make sure to get you in there. Lots of fun times going on in there, just during games, just in general. And, um, you know, if you like this episode, tell people about it. Tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Just like you know, subscribe. You know, do do the things that you know would think you would supporting the podcast. Because you know, if you like something, support it. And I hope you like this podcast. If you're still listening to me ramble on in this uh, outro that I'm stumbling through right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you if you enjoy the podcast, you know, tell people about it uh, and subscribe. And you know what? We'll talk to you next time on the next edition of the Eurostep Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.